This special viewer mail edition of Telehell is presented by The Gallery. Based out of New York, The Gallery is a curated collection of photographs from around the world. While we're all unable to travel, this is a great way to bring a piece of the world to you. All prints are made from 100% recycled aluminum, giving your wall that gallery finish. Right now, The Gallery is offering our listeners 15% off their purchase by using the code 15OFF. Go to thegallery.com. That's T-A-G-G-A-L-R-Y.com. So your wall can never be boring again. Everybody and welcome once again to Ask Telehell. This is the uh, show that we do in between seasons, where we encourage you, the people who follow us on our social media feeds on Twitter and Facebook at Telehell Podcast, to ask us questions either about the show, about television, about whatever it is that's on your mind, and hopefully we don't get any smart asses about it. And believe me, uh, the spam filter has been very temperamental, so we may actually get to do that today. We may actually get to address some spam, whether it's uh, real or not. A uh, couple ground rules before we actually get into this. Uh, whenever we do an Ask Telehell episode, we do this uh, sort of in a low-key way, out of character. No... Uh, you know, hell stuff, no fire, no brimstone, no sound effects or anything. And unless a question requires a little bit of an explanation, I try to keep this as uh, clip-free as I possibly can. And I'm already stumbling on my words here. I'm really not using a script aside from the questions that people are giving me. Uh, I should also point out that I have a bit of a toothache on my upper left canine, I want to say it is. I, I, I didn't study dentistry, so it's somewhere near the back of my mouth. It, it kind of feels a little dull right now, but if you hear me lisping throughout any of this, that's why. And it's also why I'm keeping things a little low-key right now instead of, you know, screaming at the top of my lungs like I normally do or speak in a professional way like I normally do. I'm keeping the echo, though, because I would like this to sound somewhat coherent, and I've always been a fan of reverb, so if you'll indulge me there. Uh, We got a couple questions from all sorts of people from all sorts of walks of life throughout social media, and uh, we even have a written letter, which we will get to uh, later on. Also later on, we're going to be announcing the winner of our Netflix contest. Uh, Anybody that's been following us on both Twitter and Facebook know that we had this uh, big booklet, or not big, but a sizable booklet of uh, Netflix comedy specials, and we're also throwing in a $30 Netflix gift card because what else can you do during a never-ending pandemic that seems to continue on laboriously? But I digress, as I often do, and when I'm talking about a script, I also tend to choke on my saliva sometimes, so my apologies for that in advance. So, let's get started. Our first question comes to us from Twitter, and it comes to, uh, comes to us from Twitter user Drew Zahosky. And if I butcher anybody's names, I apologize in advance. I'm just going by what I'm going by, and 
you know, even though I've, I've been in this business for quite some time, sometimes words are a little hard for me to unmangle. So apologies in advance for that. Uh, Drew writes in and says, have you considered doing an episode on the Friday night death slot shows that ran out the string on Saturday nights? I think that's what he meant to say. I, and and I, I do kind of know uh, what you're talking about there. Uh, anybody who follows television or even just casually glances through a TV guide should probably know that Friday and Saturday nights are probably the least watched time slots or time periods or days of the week. Not really so much for Friday anymore because at least they do put in an effort and try to put in some new programming on Friday, but especially Saturday. Saturday uh, has uh, pretty much gone out the window. It's, it's nothing but a rerun receptacle, or depending on which network you are, you know, you drop a movie. I think some networks still drop movies on Saturday nights. Uh, that concept of the death slot, where a TV show just goes to die, may wind up being more of a history lesson episode somewhere down the line. I haven't, I haven't exactly, uh, I mean, I've already planned out the next season of shows, and that'll be a future uh, thing when we actually announce our shows for October 4th, when we premiere our third season. But I am definitely going to consider the uh, Friday and Saturday night death slide, or basically the uh, de-evolution of what happened to TV on Fridays and Saturdays uh, as a future history lesson episode. And for those unfamiliar, uh, just listen to our Movie of the Week episode. That's what we consider a history lesson episode, where we don't criticize, we just, you know, talk about the history of a certain thing in television. But yes, uh, it's definitely worth looking into, especially considering, like, on Saturdays way back when, TV networks had unstoppable lineups. And this is in spite of the fact that people actually went out and did things on the weekend, you know, people still tuned in, like in the 70s, there was uh, CBS and, you know, Mary Tyler Moore, Bob Newhart, Carol Burnett, that was an unstoppable lineup. And then in the 80s on NBC, you had the Golden Girls, 227, and all those shows. And, you know, there used to be some oomph in Saturday, but then it just petered out, it just went away. And we will, uh, we will go over why it went away in a future edition. So thank you very much, Drew, for that question. Uh, this next question comes to us from Juma Entertainment. And it's a GIF, uh, one of those uh, moving picture dailies. Uh, GIF, GIF, G-I-F, however you want to pronounce it. And it says, you heard that, right? Literally, that's the question they asked. You heard that, right? Um, unfortunately, I, I think that might have been uh, that might have been a bit of a spam thing. But Juma Entertainment, to my knowledge, is uh, responsible for a show that aired on CBS during the summer, and I think still is airing as of press time, called At Home Videos with Cedric the Entertainer. Uh, I guess I have heard that. And I may be trolling you back, but the fact that you asked me, you heard that, right? Well, yes, I have heard that. And I hope everybody else is hearing that right now, because unfortunately, that is the extent of the Twitter questions. Look, we've only been on for a year or so, so we didn't expect 
that many questions to be asked, but we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to take this as seriously as we possibly can here. And if and when we ever do a third edition of uh, Ask Telehell, feel free to ask us whatever questions you've got. And, you know, not even necessarily for this time of year. You know, we're open year-round on our social feeds at Telehell Podcast, both on Facebook and Twitter. And, uh, yeah, feel free to ask us whatever you want. And uh, now let's move on to our Facebook questions. Uh, we actually uh, wound up with two questions from one person, and her name is Brianna Collins. And she asks us, uh, the first question she asks us is, uh, considering limbo is a circle... I really looked forward to the Garbage Pail Kids Saturday morning cartoon, but CBS canceled it before it ever aired, even though an entire series was produced. My question is, was it any good? Well, I had to go to YouTube as soon as uh, you asked what that was, and uh, look, I'm, I'm not going to copycat what other people think about certain things already, because I'm sure we all know of certain names who already talk about the Garbage Pail Kids ad nauseum, but that's really more about the movie. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, yes, this was supposed to be an animated series that was supposed to air on CBS Saturday morning in 1987, I believe. In fact, here's a clip of it. story goes, uh, the show wound up getting canceled before it even aired, even though the network publicized it and put it in promos, and all because of those magic words, think of the children, <laughs> which is like just about every everybody's go-to excuse whenever something rears its head and nobody's seen it yet and they only hear about it from certain things, and I guess uh, we can classify that kind of crowd is a gaggle of Karens these days. I can't wait for Webster's Dictionary to make that the word of the year, quite honestly. Uh, but yes, I kind of see uh, the complaints there. Uh, but having seen the shows on YouTube, I really think people were kind of freaking out a little bit too much. Because for those who don't know the Garbage Pail Kid trading cards from Tops, it was a big deal back then. And it was becoming so much of a big deal that, of course, it wound up spawning a terrible, horrible movie that many people have talked about ad nauseum, but more so the TV series. And for what it was, if you strip away the controversy and if you strip away, you know, all the factors that lead to it being removed, the show is... eh? I mean, 
I, I wouldn't exactly call it anything to write home about. I wouldn't call it revolutionary. I wouldn't call it a masterpiece by any means, but I think it certainly deserved a chance on television. I mean, you know, hell, you might as well put it on in syndication in 1987, even though 13 episodes were made. It would make for a very short series, but I'm sure somebody would have been willing to do 65 episodes if need be, but, uh, yeah, I don't think, uh, it was terrible? Like, not as terrible as the movie, by any means, and I keep referring to that as a benchmark, you know, but, you know, when you think Garbage Pail Kids, that's usually, like, the first thing that comes to your mind is the horrible, horrible movie, directed by the guy who directed My Mother the Car, by the way. <laughs> bringing it back to episode 19. Um, but yeah, the cartoon, it was a product of its time. I don't really see it as anything offensive. I don't see it as anything that is worthy of all the complaints that it may have received. I think it might have been canceled after one year anyway, because I can't imagine the trading card franchise lasting a lot longer than it did when it did originally exist. I know it's recently come back as uh, virtual trading cards and, you know, more power to uh, nostalgic markets and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was just meh. That's all there is. It's uh, just a meh cartoon. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's really all there is to it. I don't see it as like sin worthy or anything or anything worth inducting in the future. But thank you for bringing that to my attention, and also for bringing to my attention, and this is uh, Brianna's second question, uh, she sent me a link about some reading material while she waits for new episodes, and I am going to click here because I'm actually uh, holding the mic at the same time. I just I have all the questions pasted in a Word file, so it's just a little, uh, a little awkward here. So. Uh, we're going to look back at this uh, together now. It's uh, linked to a website called Flashback.com, and it's uh, Flashback spelled without a C, by the way. And it's an article called TV on the Brink, the disastrous mid-season of 1979. And I'm looking at this. It says, from January through May of 1979, all three major networks premiered an unprecedented 36 new series. The reason... <laughs> Boy, this, uh, Brianna, you know me like a book, and <laughs> I've only been around for a short time here. The reason NBC, a network that was in absolute freefall, had hired Fred Silverman. So <laughs> our patron saint strikes again. And uh, no, I'm not going to play the choir music, because I believe in uh, trying to keep uh, certain gags uh, funny. <laughs> But yes, uh, this is a list of shows that actually premiered from January through May of 79. And I guess part of the reason uh, for all the shows was because Silverman had a track record already at ABC and CBS. He brought them to number one while he was working there and everybody was in a panic mode and that everybody included NBC. And I'm looking at some of these uh, shows here. Uh, some of these I've never actually heard of. Some I have, uh, but there's like a lot of things that understandably only lasted in the blink of an eye. And just uh, going through a couple of these right now and good Lord. <laughs> 
the one show that I see as uh, surviving all of uh, all the stuff that happened in the 70s, or 79 that is, is The Dukes of Hazard. They premiered in February of that year. Went on for about seven years, and we covered all that already in the uh, Coy and Vance Duke episode. But then you wind up with uh, other shows. Uh, actually, uh, another show that wound up being a big success that few people talk about anymore, uh, Real People on NBC, which is uh, sort of the forerunner to shows like That's Incredible and a bunch of other... Uh, I mean, they bill it as the first reality show, and it's a show about unique people all over the country. Actually, I think uh, it really more inspired... Uh, a, sh a favorite show of mine that I wish would make a comeback. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Evening or PM magazine. It used to air in syndication on various channels all over the country. And it used to follow unique individuals doing unique things. And I wish that there was a show like that on television. But then I'm seeing a bunch of shows that I know were horrendous failures. Uh, not necessarily because popular opinion says so, but because I've seen them and they suck, and even going by title sequences, uh, certain things wind up sucking. Like, uh, th there were a number of uh, shows that tried to cash in on the Animal House franchise, or the Animal House phenomenon, because one movie somehow doesn't make a franchise, I guess. And I'm seeing at least uh, three of them, including an actual spin-off of Animal House, and we may cover that someday, because somebody actually has the episodes of it up on YouTube. It's called Delta House. They pretty much got, I want to say, 40% of the actual movie cast back, and some no-name to fill in for John Belushi, so to speak. So I've heard lots of things about that. Uh, but there's also... Uh, a similar one, and this is more of the rip-off version. It's called Brothers and Sisters. It premiered in the mid-season of 1979, 12 episodes, and I think we have a clip of this? Susie Cooper, how you doing? I got a proposition to make to you that you will not be able to refuse. No. No, I haven't even asked you. What, you still got the hots for Checo? No, we're just friends. That's good, because here's the plan. We go to my room. Forget it, Zipper. I've got a date. Whoever he is, I'm better. He's a D student. I'm a D student. What's in a letter? He's handsome. He'll break your heart, baby. He's right behind you. He'll break my head. And then there's another show that they listed under the same category of, uh, you know, college-related cashing in. Unfortunately... All that seems to exist of this show is the title sequence, and while we may not be able to cover the episode, and I mean literally one episode, because the show just aired once, and then CBS canceled it. <laughs> uh, but it's called Coed Fever. It's, uh, it's definitely on TV Guide's list, I believe, of uh, 50 worst TV shows of all time, and uh, I think people just tuned out just because of this theme song and just how irritating it is and sometime in the future we may get to do a list of bad tv theme songs if we happen to be really stuck on things so uh guard your ears this is the theme to co-ed fever dear mom and dad i'm fine how are you school's okay there's not much new my check this month didn't go too far i lost my books i wrecked the car there are men on campus they started this fall but don't worry 
shows that I see on this list that I think what I may do, and this is a little ways down the line, uh, once we complete this upcoming season, which again starts October 4th, wherever most podcasts can be streamed, uh, one thing that I want to add to all the festivities is a summer spinoff of some kind, a six-episode look at a given subject. You may have just given me the uh, the crux for the first summer miniseries that we'll do, and that may very well be the failures of 1979. And I thank you once again, Brianna, for, uh, for giving me, uh, <laughs> I guess I could say, inspiration. I've seen, like, a couple of these shows here that are listed, and one thing's for sure, I've got my work cut out for me. So... Thank you for that, and now we move on to David Jordan, also on Facebook, and he says, you get a free stock, I get a free stock, win-win. You don't even need to add money of your own if you want, just get the free stock, wait the three days and cash it out. It's safe, check it out first, but use my link, please. Well, David, I hope you're listening to this, but there's no such thing as a free lunch, let alone a free stock. Spam me again, and I will turn you into actual spam. Now, our real question that comes next uh, comes to us from another Facebook follower. Uh, His name is Alexander Falarski, and he asks, Would you be interested in doing the voice of Vox, spelled V-O-X, in Hasbin Hotel? I'll be completely honest with you, Uh, up until a few days ago, I had absolutely no idea what you were talking about. Or at least, not at first, because, you know, the internet's a very fascinating place, let's just say. Uh, I type in uh, Hasbin Hotel on Google, and good lord, the floodgates that opened. (laughs) People are fascinated by this. Uh, For those who don't know, and I guarantee you that probably isn't going to be that many people because as of this recording, about 42 million people have seen this pilot on YouTube. It's an animated TV series that takes place in hell. I think I'm kind of wondering now why he's asking me this question. This show is created and overseen by a very bright young lady by the name of Vivian Medrano, who you can find on Twitter at VivZPop. Um, I'm not even going to bother spelling the name, but you probably know who it is already. Uh, but this is a positive, positively sublime show that I've seen, even though there's only one episode of it right now. But it just recently got picked up by uh, A24 Studios, and they're a pretty big deal in the world of uh, indie cinema. But basically the plot is uh, the daughter of Lucifer and I think Lilith is Lucifer's wife, and I should also point out, by the way, uh, you know, just because we do a show about hell doesn't mean I'm that well-versed in all the mythologies about it, so forgive me if I seem a little ignorant here and there, but anyway, uh, the daughter of the parents from hell, let's just say, she is uh, opening this hotel 
whose purpose is to rehabilitate souls that come to hell, I think, because every year there's like an annual purging of souls, and she wants to make sure that the wrong, the, the right souls wind up going to heaven instead, so she opens this, uh, I guess you could call it a halfway house, sort of, but it's a hotel to rehabilitate these lost souls, and there's so many characters in just this one pilot that it was a little hard to keep track of at first, but it is a very unique looking landscape and I look forward to whatever episodes are coming up next from A24 and from Viv and it's a fascinating thing. So circling back to the original question about uh, the character of Vox, I kind of had to go back and watch the pilot over and over again just to be sure that I knew uh, who you were talking about. And I come across this uh, one YouTube video from somebody who's obviously a fan of the show, who's a fan of Has-Been Hotel, that is, and she explains who Vox is, and I'm just going to play a piece of that for you right now. Has-Been Hotel presents us with a wide variety of characters that bear incredibly interesting designs. However, while I was watching the pilot, there was one demon in particular that really piqued my interest. Hello, my name is BlueRaven666, and today we will be looking at one of the Has-Been Universe's most infamous overlords, Vox the TV Demon. In the pilot itself, Vox only makes a handful of cameos and doesn't have any speaking roles. But when your face is literally a flat-screen TV, you tend to stick out a little bit. Since the pilot aired in October, Vivzy Pop has teamed up with Honeycast a number of times and sprinkled some crumbs about Vox that fans were pretty eager to eat up. Much like Alistair, Vox is an overlord and is rivals with the aforementioned radio demon. Vivzy Pop describes him as being very showman-like in personality, very charismatic, and attention-seeking. As Vaggy describes Alistair's backstory in the pilot, Vox is seen looming over a vast majority of the other overlords. We can only speculate at this moment that this symbolizes the amount of power he has, being much more dangerous and destructive than Valentino, Alistair, Velvet, or Rosie individually. So with all that information, to go back to your question, uh, I'll be completely honest. Uh, I think they have the situation well in hand. They got a lot of great talent working for the show. Nobody that you'd never hear of. Like you wouldn't find like a Rob Paulson or Maurice LaMarche on this show, but you know, these are these are scrappy young kids that are putting together a show that is clearly not for kids and it is it is absolutely entertaining. I think uh, they they have they have it all figured out and I'm pretty sure they have a voice of Vox already. I'd like to give it a shot if uh if need be but uh no i i think it's uh it's fine the way it is if, if they got a plan in mind then I'm, I'm trusting them on their plan having said that though there's another show of theirs that i think uh should be picked up along with has been hotel and there's a pilot of that on on youtube as well it's called hell of a boss and i think that show sort of fits my sense of humor a little more securely because It really sort of reminds me of Animaniacs. If it were placed in a Cuisinart and given a lot of hot sauce to flavor it with. You know, it's that kind of madcapness, that kind of zaniness. I I love that kind of stuff. And if if Viv and her uh, company uh, happens to be listening to this right now, I apologize for the toothache, but I 
can do voices if you want me to, and if so, I'd really love to do Hell of a Boss. <laughs> that show just looks really warped, really fun, and it really fits my sense of humor more than Has Been Hotel, but Has Been Hotel, I think, is going to be the thing that puts them on the map if it hasn't already from all the views that have appeared on YouTube. So, yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Alexander, for asking. But I think, uh, I think they know what they're doing in trying to find a voice for Vox if they haven't already. Now, uh, I want to close this, uh, this uh, Q&A with uh, an actual physical letter. And the only reason why I wound up getting an actual physical letter from a fan is because this person turned out to be one of our contest winners. Speaking of contests, great segue. Uh, <laughs> we have to... Uh, actually, we've already drawn the name a while ago, but now we're going to announce it. Drumroll, please. We received about 50 or so entries between Facebook and Twitter for our Netflix giveaway. It was uh, seven DVDs containing a couple of specials, comedy specials. Uh, I think Degrassi was on there for some reason and also some sketch comedy. And we selected a winner a few weeks ago and we would like to announce the winner is... Neil Weinstein of no, Washington. <laughs> I've never seen this name. Snoqualmie. Snoqualmie? Snoqualmie. Shaquille O'Neal Washington. <laughs> Sorry for making fun of your hometown there, Neil, but uh, congratulations. We sent out the prize a couple weeks ago, and we hope that you got it. Enjoy everything that you got, and we will do another contest if we hit another milestone, and I believe our next milestone will be 5,000 total downloads. Keep an ear out for that, but in piggybacking on this, uh, we uh, did a contest a couple months ago about, uh, I want to say it was back in February, giving away a bunch of uh, TV screeners, and also... Uh, a TV movie that we covered. You may remember uh, back in March, we uh, did an episode about the TV movie California Girls, and we actually wound up hearing from one of the runner-ups of that contest, and I would like to read this letter right now. <clears throat> My dearest telehell, that's what it says. <laughs> My dearest telehell, thank you for the copy of California Girls. I intend to watch it at the start of summer. Your show is a refreshing, fair assessment of the TV canon. We need that in a world of Twitter hot takes and furious arguments about Scorsese and uncut gems. I take it this letter was written back in the Oscars when people were complaining about uncut gems not making it, or at least Adam Sandler not making it or something like that. I hope everything is safe by the time you receive this. Keep up the great work. Regards, Jenny Maurer. And Jenny also drew a couple pictures. Uh, one is a broken TV with flowers growing out of it. And another one is something that she calls the TV devil. In parenthesis, uh, she says, don't know why he has no shirt. So if uh, you're listening to this on Twitter and Facebook, we promise to put up pictures of both things. I I'm honestly amazed that we were able to get physical mail. Partly because I didn't even announce a mailing address for us, unless, of course, you're a contest winner, then you probably already have it. But, uh, Jenny, thank you very much for writing this letter, and uh, everything's fine here for now. Um, I happen to live in a state that's 
become a lot looser yet stricter when it comes to uh, the pandemic, but I'll leave it to you to guess which one. Uh, everything's fine. Uh, most everything has reopened where we live, and all I can say is hopefully everything is safe on your end as well. So uh, thank you very much, Jenny, for writing in. Thank you to everybody for writing in, and hopefully we'll get a little bit more uh, things to read in our next edition, whenever that may be. And other things to mention, the next time you'll hear from us will be sometime in mid-September when we announce what our first few episodes of the season will be. And a reminder that our season will kick off on... Excuse me. Almost ran out of breath there. Uh, Our next season is going to kick off on October 4th. We drop it every Sunday for a couple weeks then. And uh, then after uh, that little announcement, we're going to be dropping our trailer, our season three trailer on September 21st, same night as the Emmy Awards. So listen in for that. And uh, other than that, thanks for killing time with us here. And as always, this is Justin reminding you, if it's not in telehealth, it's not worth a damn. And now I gotta take as much aspirin as I possibly can because, oh boy, I gotta see a dentist. Telehell was written, produced, edited, and narrated by me, Justin Hart. All clips used in this program are protected under the Fair Use Doctrine of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976. And all clips used come courtesy of their respective companies and owners. Some of the music used in this program comes courtesy of YouTube and their audio library service. Telehell is a production of Horton Road and is distributed by Libsyn. Not unlike certain viruses, Telehell is everywhere now. In addition to Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, we can also be heard on Google Podcasts and the iHeartRadio app. Of course, we can also be heard in a number of other places just by Googling Telehell. And don't forget to like, comment, rate, subscribe, and follow our social feeds. Twitter and Facebook, both at Telehell Podcast.